That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Oh, hi. Let's talk about our Patreon page before we start the show. If you're sick and tired of the commercials on the podcast, like the one I'm reading right now, I've got some great news for you. For just $15 per month, you can get the ultimate edition of this show, and it's entirely commercial-free. Here's what that means. The ultimate edition combines the free version of the Tuesday and Thursday shows with the post-mortem show that we record after the end credits. Plus, we take out all the commercials just for you. That means you get the hour-long free show, plus the 20-minute post Postmortem show where all the real fun happens, and you get all of that without commercials in one convenient chunk for just $15 per month. That's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I'm pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. (laughs) What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brando's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, look, you want to solve this problem. I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brando's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's... What they used to make Brondo. Yeah, but why did they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo's got electrolytes. Bob Seska. Is that the full poop? And nothing but the poop. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> Those same people are putting gasoline in garbage bags in the back of their cars. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, May 13, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hello. Day 114 of the Biden-Harris administration, 543 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska and on Twitter at BobSeska underscore go. And here they come, the goth ninja. Yeah. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from dash the dash bunker.com, also at patreon.com slash from the bunker and at sexyliberal.com, your podcasting superstation with all the other sexy liberal podcast network programs. 
And it's uh, David T-Rex Ferguson from the T-Rex Report Podcast, also from the world's greatest indie band, Astral Summer, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Go buy lots of music. All right, Goth Ninjas. We have to uh, we have to be brief on this week's post mortem show after the free show proceedings here uh, because I have my second Pfizer vaccination today right after Yay. the show. So as soon Jody as Jody and I can just hang out after you go, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I just leave the tape rolling and then you guys can keep talking. And then when I get back, I'll say, "So what were he'll you saying no, about me?" He'll have no space on his computer <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so I, I'm actually really, really looking forward to this. In fact, you know what? I'm just going to get two. I'm going to say, all right, you know what? I'm going to be the first <laughs> test subject to get three vaccines because I'm so into the idea. No, no. The, the one thing, uh, seriously, I shouldn't be joking about shit like this. You know why? Because last time when I got Pfizer number one, I joked on both Twitter and Instagram. And this... <laughs> Right there, you should be going, Bob, first mistake. You don't. Step that's away from the social media, Bob. So, social media is where nuance goes to die. Dry humor and sarcastic humor have no place there. But last time, I joked about getting uh, my first Pfizer vaccine Star Trek style. Getting it right in the neck, right in the mm. side of the neck, like they do in Star Trek. With a hypo spray, and they go, and it goes right through your skin into your neck. And so I was just kidding about that. And I had an image of uh, Commander Riker getting a, a neck vaccination by uh, uh, Dr. Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation. And <laughs> I seriously got people who were saying to me, don't get the vaccination in your neck, Bob. You're doing it wrong. Don't ask them to oh, put it in your neck. Give it to you in your neck. Yeah. You don't even, oh, my God. Yeah. As if you can request a different body right. part to have the, <laughs> to have the injection. But no, 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 no. I was not serious about really getting an injection in my neck. There's nothing that I can imagine that would be more unpleasant in a doctor's office or in a medical setting than having a, you know, a two inch long needle being (laughs) driven into your neck. Oh, my God. So that is not happening. There will be no neck jokes. And even though I've mentioned it now. I'm still going to get, you know what? I'm still going to get comments. People going, uh, Bob, why did you why did you even do it? You're going to tell people, and then people are going to want to get their injections in their neck, and then they're going to not want to do it unless they get it in their neck. Like, okay. Because there's, you know, there's a whole thing now where if you mention anything having to do with like side effects or whatever, it's like, I know. Don't do, no, you're going to vaccine hesitancy. Well, I feel like, though, anyone who's hesitant to get a vaccine is going to be hesitant to get a vaccine, irrespective of what I say on this show. I mean, is that does that make any sense? Am I uh-huh. everybody I know who's had side effects has talked about them. It, I didn't know there was any kind of move to censor to like this censorious thing going on. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. You, I, has anyone told you not to talk about your side effects, Jody? Um, I understand why some people, uh, no, I've never been told not to. In fact, yeah. when I got both shots, people were like, how'd you do? So I'm not going to not mm. say. I mean, the one thing that, that I got that I would say I can guarantee 99.9% of the people didn't get was a giant bruise on my arm because the lady that gave me my second shot rolled a surface vein. 
Oh. Ow. Holy Now, it didn't hurt. Yeah. It just, it, it looked just looks worse. like a car crash. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've had it happen with blood being drawn, but I've never had it from a, a shot. And so, I mean, it's finally gone after three mm. weeks. Yeah. Um, but it looked like a really bad tattoo for a while. Uh, it didn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, my arm hurt from the shot, but the bruise itself didn't hurt because she just hit a certain. And it was very funny because when she did it, she I, she did the shot, and uh-huh. I looked, and I couldn't quite see my arm because of the position of where the shot was. And then she kept like kind of wiping it up, and I'm like, "Well, get it in there." And she goes, "You're obviously very hydrated." So I was bleeding. <laughs> Because mm. she hit a vein, a very oh, surface man. vein, like just on your skin. I mean, I had yeah. to give my dog shots at one point when he had arthritis. Mm-hmm. And I literally, there was a whole way that I had to feel where to do it. And I remember one day I gave him his shot and boom, there was this bright red, yeah. you know, coming at me. And he had white, white, white fur. Well, super and white oh, fur. I imagine- and I was terrified. But the doctor was like, is it dark red? I said, no. He goes, then it's just a surface vein. Don't worry about it. It'll go. Yeah, yeah, just put pressure on, and it did. I mean, but yeah, she rolled the vein. I've had that happen with other nurses that don't know how to take blood, but I've never had it with a pharmacist that has given me a shot. So that was that was the only thing I've not talked about because yeah. it's not going to happen to most people. Well, yeah, but because most people don't weigh eleven pounds like you do. <laughs> That's part of the problem. <laughs> but you know, I always make jokes whenever. I mean, I I get nervous. Needles don't make me very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and like. I was telling a friend of mine, like, when you get there today to get your blood drawn, t- say, draw me like one of your French blood samples. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she's never seen Titanic. She's like, what? Do, do French people See, bleed? Dif- I, yeah, uh, yeah. Is she on my Twitter somehow? Is she, yeah. <laughs> is she also yeah. looking at my neck vaccination tweets? You the other thing is when they go to put the tourniquet on, you just go, ow, ow. And they're like, I haven't even stuck you yet. You're like, just warming up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, part of the thing, the, the reason we're discussing our side effects is part of the camaraderie of all of this. I mm-hmm. mean, that's one of the things that I think is getting overlooked in the expansive nature of this pandemic, which is the fact that every single human being on this entire planet is susceptible to this virus. And every mm-hmm. single human being at some point or another is going to have to get vaccinated. And so you would think that that would stir up this sense of unity. And to a certain degree, you know, we have big circles of friends and so on that we're unified with and we're all exchanging notes about our experiences. But in a broader sense, in a global sense, you'd think that that could be used and taken advantage of in a very positive way to kind of unify the world or at least to unify the country. And to a certain extent, we couldn't be more divided right now, at least in the United States. But I, I you know, that's, I think, one of the reasons why we're exchanging our medical stories. Needles? In terms- oh, sorry. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> no. You don't do that anymore. I think we don't, no. My fucking background, you said earlier, you said exchanging, and I was like, needles, and you are like, new ideas. And I was like, oh. <laughs> well, see, my wish is... Why can't the side effects be like this show? Why why can't it be like <laughs> suddenly you become a a seven foot tall green rage monster? That, that'd be fun. I'm just I'm throwing that out there into the universe. Just something that maybe I could be the first one to pick up. That'd be great. But you know who's a big dope when it comes to COVID? I mean, there's so many people who would yeah. fit that description. But not surprisingly, Glenn Greenwald. Oh, I knew you were shocking. I am. Uh, you know what, Bob? I never. I. You know, I know how much you support and love him, like you love Jimmy Dore. So I am shocked. Shocked, I tells you. Yeah. 
Yeah, once again, those of you who unfollowed me and started hating me back in 2013, 2014, somewhere around there, because I was critical of Glenn Greenwald, haha, I was right, you were wrong. I deserve an apology after all the shit that I took back in 2013 over the whole Greenwald Snowden thing. And so we now we see we see Glenn Greenwald's true colors. Here's something he tweeted the other day. He quote tweeted Vice President Kamala Harris, who with this tweet had a picture of herself wearing a mask during a Zoom call while she was speaking with the president of Tunisia. So Glenn Greenwald quote tweets this Kamala Harris tweet and says, CDC guidance says masks are unnecessary for fully vaccinated people indoors when they're with other fully vaccinated people. Well, thanks for that tip. I'm sure the vice president of the United States was previously unaware of the CDC guidance. Right, Glenn? Mm -hmm. And then he said, well, yet here's Vice President Harris, like Biden, contravening that guidance by releasing a photo of herself using a mask for a Zoom call in her own office. Go fuck yourself, Glenn. Well, we don't know who else is in the room with her. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. somebody took the fucking picture, Glenn. Right. Uh, well, you know, he doesn't need and, a mask. And the he White needs House, a fucking muzzle. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and the White House <laughs> is deciding whether or not, you know, they're making sure who's vaccinated, and they're deciding based on CDC guidelines what they're going to mandate in the White House yes. and what it, how they're going to be from now. Once, yes, I, I would imagine that the president and the vice president, when it's just the two of them, which never happens in the Oval Office, but I mean, it would be rare. If it's just the two of them, they don't have to wear masks. They know they're both fully vaccinated. Plus, it's a big room. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like, come on, motherfuckers! They know. <sighs> oh my god, who knows who's in that room with them? Right. Besides the people we see. First of all, Greenwald clearly doesn't understand, and most of the red hat Republicans don't understand either. The concept of using the bully pulpit to set a good example. Right. That's all Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing. They don't necessarily need to wear that mask, although it doesn't hurt given the fact that they're, you know, the president and the vice president of the United States. Plus, they're setting an example for everyone else. Just because we're vaccinated doesn't mean we can throw away all of our masks and never wear a mask again. So we have to be reminded through this positive example from our political leadership, because God only knows the Republicans aren't going to do it. So it's up to the Democrats to act like grownups and say, look, I know we don't have to wear a mask in some situation, but we're going to wear it anyway, because we need to set a positive example for the rest of us. And that's always a good thing. I don't know why Glenn Greenwald, well, of course, Glenn Greenwald always needs something to bitch about, right? Well, the other thing is the CDC- He's a racist misogynist too. Let's just not leave that out. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, you know, Kamala Harris could, you know, tie her shoes in the morning and he would be like, laces are ableist, you know, like, I mean, it just. (laughs) Well, here's the other thing. He completely, while he sits there all proud that he somehow outflanked everybody with this tweet. The thing is, the CDC guidance doesn't say vaccinated people shouldn't wear masks in these scenarios. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Creates no harm whatsoever if you wear a mask, despite the CDC guidance that says you don't have to wear a mask. It's optional, but you can if you want to, but you don't have to. But he's making it seem as if, oh my God, look at her. She's putting everyone in danger by wearing that mask. Well, it's not as easy. No. No. Wait, wait, wait. Is he? Is it, that's very Tucker Carlson-y. Yeah. Because, like, you know, Tucker saying, you know, go up strongly but firmly and tell people that the mask offends you. I, I, I don't like some people's clothing. It fucking offends me, but I don't Seriously. bother. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt me if they look stupid. Yeah. I don't fucking care. You know. And if you think I look stupid wearing two masks, mind you, because of variants. 
thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I wear I double mask every day. Yeah. And um, if it bothers you because I'm wearing it, too fucking bad. It's yeah. not going to hurt you. It's not infringing upon your rights at all. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I said you're against abortion. Don't have one. Yeah. Exactly. You're against gay marriage. Don't marry a gay person. Bingo. Right. It's just, yeah. It, it's not that hard. But I mean, yeah. yeah, the first fucker that comes up to me and says you're my mask is offending them, I'm gonna be like, your ugly ass shoes and face are offending <laughs> me. All right. Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I love this meme going around that says, um, you know, with these people, the mask shirkers. The peanut butter? Yeah, the, yeah. No, the mask shirkers and refuseniks. And uh, they're saying that God is going to protect them from the virus. Then why the fuck do you need all those guns, by the way? Exactly. Yeah, I love that. Well, That's I like a- the one that says, I can't bring peanut butter to school because your kid might be allergic to peanuts. Well, your kid better fucking be vaccinated because there's a deadly pandemic. So if if they're not vaccinated, I'm bringing fucking Jiffy. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So lots of dumb shits. I think that's the overarching theme of today's show. We are just surrounded by idiots. And we've seen it. A great example is the fact that the uh, U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission had to issue a series of tweets about what to do because of the gasoline. And obviously, there is no real gas crisis other than the one that's manufactured by the people who are hoarding gas now. Um, but the, despite somehow, that, yeah, somehow it's Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> exactly right. right. The, the Russian pipeline, a privately owned entity, didn't ever bother to shore up its cyber defenses and paid five million dollars to yep. a Russian hacker team. That's Joe. That's on Joe Biden. Yeah, I can't believe they paid the five million dollars. That they see that that in well. of itself was a horrible horrible idea. Because well, now everyone's a capital gonna... pipeline, $5 million is chump change. Yeah. True, but, but my question is, okay, <laughs> this is a question to anything that's been hacked. Okay, my little personal computer is attached to the internet. Now, say I had something that was top secret that mm-hmm. needed infrastructure support inside my house, but I needed, say, the living room needed to talk to the bedroom. They only talk to each other. They don't talk to the internet. So why are these things available for somebody to say somebody that works at that that company they get some email phishing thing and they click on the link and then it exposes the entire infrastructure on that pipe i don't understand that that computer shouldn't be attached to the computers that run the fucking pipeline they should be intranet not internet right right and there needs to be obviously protection weeding out phishing emails is like Mm -hmm. you know it security 101 it's yeah my my browser does that for me oh yeah oh my god and I get it all the time. We all get these emails despite yeah. our filters and so on. But yeah. we all, the grown-ups in the room recognize when they're being scammed. And if you get an email that looks a little bit weird, but it looks like it could be official, don't fucking click on the links for God's sake. Because all you're going to do is you're going to expose yourself and give away your password and all the rest of it. All the other shit that goes on when there's a, a phishing scam like that. But it's just like, it's one of those things that you would put into like, if there was a driver's ed course for the internet, which I believe to a certain extent there needs to be. I've been talking about this for a while. Certainly since there needs the to be a high school course in responsible internet use. Exactly right. Like you do the thing where when you're 15 years old or whatever, like you take the driver's ed course in gym and then you do the behind the wheel part and you do a, you go through a whole array of things. Why? Not just to protect yourself but protect everyone on the road who's around you at the same time. And that's how it should be with the internet. There needs to be that. I think, David, that's a great idea to put that into public schools and make that required for every public school kid. 
to understand how to properly use the internet. And you could do the you and could to do- understand not to put your stupid blackface video on TikTok, kids. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, that's this that's one will of the follow things. you yeah. forever. Right. If you want to disqualify yourself from permanent gainful employment within the world, yeah, yeah, understand that like you're creating a tale. Well, you we've know. we've proved as a culture that a good number of us can't handle the technology. We can't deal with mm. not only the scams that go on there, but also with the glut of information. We don't know how to evaluate what's real and what's not real. So, so many of us get fished in by bullshitters and scam artists. See also Donald Trump. See also uh, Jim and Ron Watkins, the Q guys. Uh, mm. This is happening all the time. It's happening as we speak. It happened with the pipeline where people just got suckered into doing something stupid and then we all, the rest of us, pay the price. Just like when there's a drunk driver on the highway or whatever. We all end up paying the price. Well, in this case, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission has to warn people not to fill plastic bags with gasoline. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. Because, you know why? Because people are filling plastic bags with gasoline. It's not like they're they're not making this up. The people are actually. You know, a Hummer stupid. blew up in Texas, of course. Yes, I saw that. A guy in his Hummer like got five, you know, ten gallon cans of gasoline and drove away and lit a cigarette. Blue went up like a bomb. I always wonder how. What's the percentage? The people who are hoarding gasoline, putting it into giant garbage bags and shit, sticking it. Like, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, I but wonder. I don't want how, those chemicals from that vaccine in me. No. Yeah, yeah. I just. I wonder how many of those people listen to the Joe Rogan podcast every day or watch Tucker mm. Carlson every day. I just want to see the Venn diagram overlap between those things and putting giant bags of gas in your trunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just want to know what the plan is to get the gas back out of the bags. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. How do they do that? If you've ever poured something, a liquid, out of a bag, like you warm something up, it comes in a bag, you warm it up in the microwave, Uh some of it always escapes. I mean, it's not Uh the easiest thing to do. Um, (laughs) I believe Kimberly just posted a photograph of some woman putting gas in like a big Tupperware tub that doesn't have a lid. Like you know, the Hummer guy was actually just putting them in, into gas cans, so he actually had a but sanctioned the gas, cans were gas in his fumes. Yeah, I mean, combustibles. Yeah, is well, the thing like that's why you don't put a gas can next to the water heater. Yeah, right. exactly. Or, well, you don't fill up multiple gas cans, and you don't get like twelve of them and stick them in your car. Well, the fumes are probably going to kill you, but. <sighs> You know, one gas can, I get that. I mean, the gas can is made to hold gasoline and to transport it to your lawnmower or whatever as an emergency or what have you. I I know some people who are are motorcycle enthusiasts and they have a little teeny tiny five-gallon gas can with gas just in case they run out of gas on the road. Uh, And that's all fine. I mean, no one's saying don't do that. But obviously, there's a big difference between a gas can and a Tupperware container or, you know, a trash bag from Safeway. God, leave it to Americans. Leave it to fucking stupid Americans to do all this crap. It's unbelievable. So they did a whole series of tweets. Only use containers approved for fuel. They had to <laughs> When using a gas canister, never pour gasoline over or near an open flame. Shocker. Grown-ups need to be told to do this in the year 2021. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's not surprising given the fact that a year ago, chronological adults in this country had to be instructed how to properly wash their hands. 
Oh no 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 no! They some of them actually put fucking chlorine in their bodies oh, and yeah. drank. You know they were drinking Clorox for fuck's sake. You yeah. know, it's like really <laughs> because the president got a light bulb over his head during a press conference and went, right. "Hey, why don't we try that?" And I'm like, I used to joke about this back yeah. and during the Obama administration. I'm like, I wish Obama would add, you know, like advocate against drinking bleach, so Republicans would just be like, "I drink bleach all the time," you know, and. <laughs> Yeah. Damn if they didn't fucking drink it. You know, you can uh, just t- tell them not to do something. So, well, the liberals don't want you to do this, so they're going to do it anyway. So you can kind of do the uh, the old switcheroo. But yeah, this is all just phenomenally dumb and doesn't help my opinion of my fellow Americans <laughs> very much. And I was at really a low point. I still am when it comes to my confidence level and the intelligence of the average American. My God. And some of you are going, Bob, thanks for catching up. <laughs> it's been this way for a long time. I certainly know that. I certainly yeah. understand that. If you've ever stood behind someone at an ATM who can't figure out how to put their fucking card into the machine, even with a diagram illustrating it, a wordless <laughs> visual picture only diagram as to how to put your ATM card into the machine and like, ah, it won't go. Then you know what we're talking about. What's down and to the right? Is it down to my right or the machine's right? Uh, okay. Well, talking about people who uh, deserve the dumb fucks within their ranks, it's the Republican party rapidly disintegrating in front of our faces here. And uh, while they talk a big game, <laughs> They are falling apart, and I think this is great news. And I'm talking, of course, about uh, them booting uh, Liz Cheney out as conference chair in the House of Representatives. The third most powerful Republican has been canceled by a group of people who just a couple of months ago at CPAC were celebrating how much they hate cancel culture. That's what it is. It's Sean. You believe it's Sean? because she won't clap her hands and believe in fairies. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's the worst part of it all. I mean, I could see if there was like a legitimate policy dispute going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a tax margin fight or something. But mm-hmm. I mean, well, she's... here's here's what they're doing. I mean, these guys are playing moneyball. They know that in these gerrymandered districts, that if they don't appease and pander to the Trump supporters, the red hat voters, they're going to get primary challenged. Even in a safe gerrymandered district, if you're in Congress and you have to run again next year, you're concerned about red hats lining up against you if you even pretend to momentarily oppose Donald Trump. So this is why I don't think any of them are interested in embracing Donald Trump himself, but they've got no choice. And that's the fucking beauty of it. So we need to all at once Stand back and enjoy the spectacle of the Republican Party beginning to fracture. And it's happening right now. But at the same time, we can't forget that we need to bring the energy and the momentum, too, into 2022. So that's going to be the most important thing. We can't just sit here and get complacent. And I know liberals are prone to complacency. We figure, oh, Joe Biden's won. Everything's fixed. We don't have to do anything. Oh, God, no. No, no, that's not. Yeah. Uh, you don't do that. So, yeah. They the, want to bring that Arizona shit show to Georgia. You know. Oh, that, they're right? going to. They're absolutely going to, David. Oh, my God. I wonder if there's any way for Georgians to sue protectively for our ballots to be kept out of the hands of unqualified partisan actors. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the thing in Arizona is a goat fuck. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, the thing, like, the funny, oh, let's look for bamboo in this paper because it might be from China. Yeah, that's and right. You know, China, lots of bamboo there. Now, pandas love the bamboo. And <laughs> so, they my China. But, um. <laughs> somehow they get from that all the way down to fake ballots in Arizona and Joe Biden winning the election. It's an amazing leap Aww. that they've taken. By the way, they only got to around uh, a quarter million ballots checked out of what is it, 2.1 million ballots that they were going to mm-hmm. check in Maricopa. Uh, they weren't able to get anywhere near that because they're being idiots about this. They're wasting their fucking time. And you know what? Waste your time. Have at it. As long as you're not planting ballots, uh, that's fine. Just keep going. Do this. Prove yourselves wrong. Walk into your own propeller. Do whatever the hell you want. But uh, meanwhile, going back to uh, Liz Cheney here, she said uh, yesterday after the vote, if you want leaders who will enable and spread his destructive lies, Trump's destructive lies, I'm not your person. You have plenty of others to choose from. That will be their legacy. And she continued by saying, and this is, this is an important thing. No one's really talking about this second part of the quote. But I promise you this. After today, I will be leading the fight to restore our party and our nation to conservative principles, to defeating socialism, to defending our republic, Sorry. to making the GOP worthy again of being the party of Lincoln. The defeating socialism thing. That's so funny. Is exactly. Still a dick. I mean, it's <laughs> well, it's one of the reasons why Donald Trump rose up in the first place because of mm-hmm. bullshit talking points like that. Mm-hmm. Look, any fucking eighth grade e- economics book will tell you that the United States is a mixed economy. Elements of capitalism and socialism interacting and balancing each other out. That's how our fucking economy works. It's not a purely capitalistic economy. It never has been purely capitalistic. There's always been but, elements of socialism. Venezuela. Yeah. But they're using this as a red scare, and, and Liz Cheney mm-hmm. is just as susceptible to all the rest of them, all the rest of the Trumpers. So she's engaging in a little bit of her own Trumpism here. She may not necessarily recognize this, but she's doing it. She's putting out there a bullshit meme that will fire people up over nothing. There is no move toward changing our economy to a socialist economy. That is just not happening. Not on the Democratic side, certainly not with moderate, never-Trump Republicans. They're just saying it's happening to keep all of those crazy red hats appeased. So even while she's fighting Trumpism, she's engaging in fucking Trumpism at the same time. Well, well the thing is, is uh, I don't know if you ever heard the vinyl record of Reagan raging against Medicare that oh, came I out have. in the early yeah. 60s yeah. talking about socialist medicine. <laughs> right. Okay, this is nothing new since the Red Scare in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And so, and Reagan, I mean, he promoted this bullshit. The problem is, is people that are under, say, 30 yeah. don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. First off, the, the socialism that they're talking, or the communism really is what they mean, is Soviet Russia or uh, the Chinese government now, which is totalitarian and not pure communism, right. first off. Yeah. Secondly, France is quite socialist, but it's also capitalistic. And we have, I don't know, fire departments, police departments, libraries, mm-hmm. social security, and Medicare, and roads, bridges. I mean, that's socialism. And they don't want their people to understand that. And that's, the again, the dangers of this bubble mentality. Because if they're portraying our economy as being purely capitalistic, who inside that Red Hat Entertainment Complex bubble is going to go, 
Uh, well, no, actually, look, this is a mixed economy, and we're all, we already have long-established elements of socialism in this country. No one's going to yeah, yeah. say that. Well, it was, like the, it was like the Tea Party going, keep your government hands off my Medicare. Yeah, exactly. Exactly yeah. fucking right. That's a perfect example. Well, Kevin McCarthy says uh, yesterday, I don't think anybody is questioning the legitimacy of the president's election. <laughs> That is all over with. I'm telling you, this is pure Orwell at this point. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. Wrong, you know, up is down, black is white, freedom yeah. is slavery. Like, it just, <laughs> wow. Well, along those lines, speaking of Orwell, Sean Hannity last night tried to say that Liz Cheney wasn't canceled, that she was fired. So he was oh, drawing. that's funny. He was drawing what the famous distinction without a difference is what that is. It's not called the same thing, but it is the same thing. Yeah. Being fired, being canceled, it's the same thing. It's just yeah, a different Sean word. Sean Hannity's show were canceled, he's being fired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't threaten me with a good time, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> My penis can only get so hard. <laughs> well, did you hear him threaten Jimmy Kimmel? Oh no. no! What did he say about Kimmel? I, I, uh, my net, my next door neighbor writes for his show, so you know they're just going to go after him more. Oh yeah. Apparently, yeah. when he interviewed, I want to say it was Caitlyn Jenner, but maybe not. It was somebody he was interviewing. Sean Hannity was, and Jimmy Kimmel, in his monologue, I assume, gave Sean Hannity shit for the interview or whatever. And so Sean mm-hmm. Hannity basically just stopped talking about my show, dude. You're he can talk about your television show. All he wants. Your private life is a little less, you know, Mm -hmm. that's more fungible. But your fucking TV show, I can talk. Anybody, you put it out there. It's in the airwaves. That is for public consumption to mock or agree with. So, uh, you know Kimmel's writers, including my neighbor, just went, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Really? (laughs) Now you're just going to start a war. I mean, you know, now they're not going to let it up. Well, and there's a big difference between the standard definition of being canceled, the standard definition of cancel culture and what the Republicans do. Because let's face it, cancel culture uh, maybe sometimes overreaches, uh, but at the same time, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Cancel culture has, generally speaking, noble goals like equality, tolerance, things like that. Mm -hmm. While GOP cancel culture only impacts people who are mean to Trump. So there is a slight difference between what we all consider to be cancel culture versus what the Republicans are actually engaged in. They're canceling people for the shittiest possible reasons because they're opposed to a fucking weirdo in Mar-a-Lago who is a one-term loser, a maniac, a fascist idiocrat, and all the other adjectives you can think of. So that's the big difference. We just want people to be fair to each other. We want there to be some form of justice in this country across all different demographics. That's what, uh, generally speaking, cancel culture is all about. But this is totally different. This is about, don't be mean to our hero. Don't be mean to Donald Trump. He, he's the greatest president in years and years and decades and decades. You know, hmm. not that gay white men have been doing great for themselves over the last year, just in terms of showing their ass in terms of women's rights and black people's rights, but like... I'm talking about like Glenn Greenwald here, but oh okay, um, just uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the other thing is too. On top of it, in the face of what it is they're doing, they just don't own it. It's like they're white supremacy. They just refuse to own it. You know what? Do your thing, but own it. Own your intolerance. Own your r- racial uh, hatred. Own all of that. But instead, they've got to do it while at the same time going. Who, me? 
And that's right. That drives me. You're nuts. the racist. <laughs> yeah. But the, it's the who me thing that drives me fucking yeah. bananas. So here's an example of how cowardly they are. Yesterday in the conference uh, uh, meeting, they did a voice vote. There was a voice vote yesterday. So they don't have their names on the record. So this way, and the purpose of that is so they can go home and this thing backfires somehow, which it probably will. They can say, well, I didn't, I didn't support it. It's like what they're doing with the, uh, with the American rescue plan. Like, uh, they didn't vote for it and they tried to kill it. They tried to filibuster it. They tried to destroy this legislation, but now they're all bragging to their constituents about how great it is. Look at all this money you're getting. It's this program and that program and it's money for everybody. Yay. Look what I brought. And, of course, they voted against it the whole fucking way. And they will probably campaign against it, too. Because, like, they're just, they're figuring that their people don't understand that the thing that they're bragging about and the thing that they opposed is the same fucking thing. They just assume that it's two separate things. Well, that's what the Democrats need to, that's yeah. where Jamie Harrison and others need to come in and go, all right, here's our, whoever the senators are that are up in 22, mm-hmm. that uh, which they all voted against everything so far yeah. <laughs> in general, mm-hmm. uh, that's where Democrats have to come in and go, hey, Ron Johnson, who's retired, but hey, does that, did that guy support it? No. Or did this, you know, whoever's running in his place yeah. in yeah. 22, or did whoever voted against it, that's where the DNC and the DCCC they all have to be in concert going this is how they proudly said no this is how the vote Mm -hmm. went down this is what the democrat did you know what i mean they have to do that yeah absolutely and all you got to do is look at the litmus test the precedent of 2010 also a little bit 2009 where Mm -hmm. there was a gigantic stimulus package passed at the uh you know sort of as we were what actually triggered the end of the uh, great recession it started, right. the, it started the economic recovery after the Great Recession. Plus, we had the Affordable Care Act. Well, neither of those things became major talking points for the Democrats going into 2010. Like, look at all the shit we brought in here. Look what we're doing. Look how the economy is recovering. And we all did this. The Democratic Party did this. That wasn't happening for some reason. They weren't ballyhooing those successes. And right. they need to do that starting now. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be a bloodbath next year yeah. and an existential bloodbath at that. Uh, but lots more to talk about. You mentioned Ron Johnson. We've got an entertaining quote from <laughs> Ron Johnson and Tucker Carlson here coming up. Plus, uh, more about the GOP split, which is beginning right now. The cracks are forming, and we've got another great example as to uh, how specifically. So, more show uh, right after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. People say puffiness and under-eye bags are the hardest things to get rid of. Till now, introducing Genucel Plant Stem Cell Therapy from Chamonix, specifically targeting eye puffiness and bags. Genucel is incredibly powerful. Natural serum, they guarantee you'll see results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. Listeners see a dramatic improvement in just two weeks. A true Chamonix classic, Genucel contains eight extra ingredients to significantly reduce the appearance of bags and puffiness. Plus, Genucel uses patented plant stem cell technology to improve 
improve longevity with brilliant long-term results. Save big right now on GenuCell's risk-free introductory offer. Go to lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie, promo code Stephanie at checkout for an extra 10% off. That is lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. You'll also get the amazing Zotique Deep Correcting Serum free when you order the most popular package today. Chamonix, the best skincare, best results are your money back. Lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. That is lovegenucell.com slash Stephanie. That code is Stephanie. The Bob Seska Show. Brand new Ellis Easley, brand new album called The Cooling of the Day is the name of the record. The song is called Antidote. I love this album so much. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm playing two Ellis Easley songs today. So uh, okay. coming out of the next break, we're going to play a second Ellis Easley song from this album. But uh, we're kicking things off here with Antidote, elliseasley.bandcamp.com, link in the description. Also, bobseska.com slash music if you'd like to submit your songs. What do they what do they call this in radio? Like a two for Thursday? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Usually it's two, no, for, that doesn't two make for, any for Tuesday. Sense. Two for Tuesdays, Two yeah. for Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> I'm a big dope. Okay. Well, let's see here. Uh, continuing on with this uh, Liz Cheney story and all the fallout from it, I'm sure you both saw that more than 100 Republicans have threatened to leave the party unless the party distances itself from Donald Trump. Um, why don't they just do it? That's, that's my thing. Okay, this is like Christine Todd Whitman. This is uh, Tom Ridge. Remember the former uh, Secretary of Homeland Security? Do they? They're all like retired, aren't they? Y- yeah, they're they're kind of has been. It's kind of list of has been. <laughs> but there are a few people who are like <laughs> right. uh, Bush era Transportation Secretary Mary Peters, former House members Charlie Dent, Barbara Comstock, Reed Ribble, Mickey Edwards. Oh, you mean Mickey Edwards is on this? That's it for the Republican Party, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Evan McMullen, of course, uh, he's relatively recent. He ran for president. So this is, yeah, this is a good move. This is a step in the right direction. I don't necessarily think it means that they're going to split. I think they're just threatening to split. But I feel like there's no way the Republican Party is going to have a come to Jesus moment. There's no way they're going to have an epiphany and go, oh, yeah, you know, this Donald Trump thing. Uh, we're out of the Donald Trump business. That's not going to fucking happen. So they might as well have just gone. You know what? We're just out. There's no way this party is redeemable at this point. Certainly Trump isn't redeemable. So we're going to split and we're going to form our own third party, which is what they're is threatening. Is it like to do. when people threaten to leave Facebook? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. The That's goodbye exactly cruel like. world move, right? Where they go, mm-hmm. I'm leaving. I'm no longer going to participate in this discussion forum. And then they don't leave. <laughs> So they can sit. You know, it's like uh, I raised a uh, stepdaughter for 15 years. Right. Uh, one of the things she would do when she was upset and she was trying to manipulate us, <laughs> as a lot of little kids do quite often, she would bring on the crocodile tears and then she would put her hands up to her 
her eyes as she was crying, but she would leave spaces open so she could see through her hands at our reaction as to whether or not we were going to cave. That's the same thing. It's the goodbye cruel world syndrome. I don't know if that's what they're doing. I, I seem to think that they're serious about this. I just wish they would uh, either shit or get off the pot, which is kind of yeah. gross when we're talking about Tom Ridge and Christine Todd Whitman. Uh, but still, uh, they need to make up their minds here. But it's the yeah. first series of cracks. I don't think this is... And by the way, all of this with Liz Cheney is great news for Democrats. If you're a liberal, if you're a Democrat, mm -hmm. this is fantastic fucking news. I know it's shitty that they're going after someone because that someone was mean to Donald Trump. But still, it's all good news. As long as the Republican Party is fractured and marginalized, democracy will remain intact. As long as Republicans continue to gain power, then democracy is under threat. So this is the dividing line. This is the challenge of our era. Those of us who are following politics, those who are active in American politics, that's what we have to be abundantly aware of. I mean, on top of all the issues, which are many, we have to be aware of the crisis that democracy faces in this country. And if democracy goes here, it's going to fall everywhere. I mean, that was one of the things of the Civil War. It was one of the things that Lincoln was so desperately concerned about, right. that if the American experiment failed when the Southerners seceded, then democracy in a unified sort of republic like that would not be able to endure. And so we'd set a bad example for everyone. Dictatorships would rise. Obviously, democracies would crumble. And that would be the end of the ballgame, not just for the United States, but around the globe. So that's the, when we talk about the word existential, that's what we mean. It's the very existence of democracy that is on the ballot next year. It's on the ballot this year. It's on the ballot in 2024. It's always going to be on the ballot, just as long as Trumpism is still existing as a thing. And as long as the Republican Republican Party is embracing it. This is kind of what just makes me absolutely insane is that we now have become like the pro-coup party yeah. mm -hmm. and the no-coup party. And the media as a whole has kind of walked up and went, oh, okay, let's yeah. hear both sides. <laughs> right. And it, it just um, – mm -hmm. it's like if you hate the government and democracy so much, get out of Congress, Josh Hawley, because this is how it works. Oh, I mean, yeah. One person, one vote. and. Well, I'm worried about I'm worried about what happened in the census. And um, first off, I'm still pissed off that California lost a seat, even though we gained two million fucking people, and Montana gained a seat, and they have less than two million people in their fucking state. But besides that, yeah, um, California, how we redistrict is by a, an independent panel, um, which is why Democrats keep getting elected, is because voters are picking their officials, whereas in other states. They're going to gerrymander potentially 10 seats in the House. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they're a fractured <laughs> um, political party or not, I'm concerned about the fact that Texas and other places, Texas might be better. Who knows? But yeah. you know, they're still controlled by a, a Republican legislature that will gerrymander their mm -hmm. state. And that, yes, they may be fractured, but then it might be even crazier. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of the reasons why they're opposing that election law, because they realize Absolutely. that all they've got is the trickery. All they've got is the voter suppression. All they've got is the gerrymandering that they do. And so that's mm -hmm. securing their status as a viable party. 
Uh, well, I, I heard something interesting about Joe Manchin, who claims to be against SB1, which is HR1 in the Senate. Yeah. He is state. This is very interesting. I, he's, he's, I think he's more strategic than cinema is when it comes to this. Um, he basically has stated, well, if we're going to do something like voting rights, let's just reinstate the Voting Rights Act, but make Every, all 50 states have to pre-clear any any changes instead of just a few yeah. so that it's uniform. And then the Republicans are like, well, wait, no, that's kind of what SB1 is doing. So mm-hmm. he's supporting it, but in a way that sounds like he's not. Yeah. Um, so I think... I do think that his conversation with Joe Biden the other day was good, and I think Mr. I think the president will do some more LBJ arm twisting on him and Cinema to get that passed and yeah. HR four as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's going to happen. I think it will happen before twenty twenty two because I think Biden has a lot of LBJ in him. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think, uh, or one of the metaphors that I think you can apply to to uh, Joe Biden is the LBJ one, not just the FDR yeah. one. You can bind both of them. But yeah, that's uh, the key to this legislation and the key to so much else is not just waiting around for Mansion and Cinema to come right. to their senses. We also have to be prepared for 2022. I cannot yeah. emphasize this enough. We can make Mansion and Cinema more or less irrelevant. I mean, they're always going to be important as far as voting with the caucus, but less relevant than they are right now if we can win more seats in the Senate. And that's the And those are statewide elections which wouldn't be affected by gerrymandering. Right, right. We hold the power to do this as voters. We just have to want it badly enough. And that's going to be one of the things. That's going to be one of the uh, hobby horses slash sandboxes that I'm going to be screaming about for the next uh, year and a half at least is making sure that there is that kind of energy. You know, we all have to do our part to build that momentum going into 2022 or else we're just entirely fucked. But still, we can still laugh and point at the idiotic Republicans where in this case, like, for example, the other night on Tucker Carlson's show, he had Ron Johnson, you know, from the stereo store in uh, Ridgemont, California. Now, <laughs> obviously, the Senator Ron Johnson. It's a, fa- it's a Fast Times at Ridgemont High reference. The guy who who has sex with who Jennifer Jason Lee. He deflowered her. Jennifer yes. Jason Lee in the baseball dugout in Fast Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ron Johnson from the stereo store. <laughs> That's who he is. And he orders a Coke with no ice, which is psychotic. But Ron, jo- the real Ron Johnson was on Tucker Carlson the other night, and <laughs> the lower third Chiron on the screen said, making an informed choice regarding your own body mm-hmm. shouldn't be controversial. I agree. He is so right. Oh, my goodness. Bingo. How right could he be? Tucker Carl- Believe it or not, Tucker Carlson and Ron Johnson are pro-choice. Who knew? It's amazing. They're pro-choice. And I've seen this happen before, by the way. I- I've got mm-hmm. quotes from... Everyone from uh, Sarah Palin to uh, who was the, uh, uh, the the really crazy one from what was it Wisconsin or Minnesota? Shoot, I've forgotten her name. But they they've all said things where it's very Bachman? what's that? Was it Michelle Bachman? Michelle Bachman? Yes, thank you very much, Michelle Bachman. Where they're like, well, you know, um, I'm so glad that women made the choice to keep their baby or whatever things like that. Where they're actually emphasizing the word choice. They chose to do this. Well, Bristol Palin chose to have her baby. Well, yeah, so you're pro-choice, right? You're just in favor of the choice that leans toward uh, not having an abortion. But you're still into the idea of making a choice. Because you've just talked about how uh, you admire certain women for making the right choice. So it's still pro-choice. 
Like Tucker Carlson, making an informed choice regarding your own body shouldn't be controversial. Oh, yeah? Tell it to the Republican caucus in Congress. Tell it to all these state legislatures passing fucking trap laws to make it nearly impossible to get a medical procedure that prevents a potentially deadly medical condition. <sighs> okay, I gotta get uh, <laughs> I got I gotta get Leah Torres back on the show, Doctor Torres, to talk about all this stuff. Uh, meanwhile, this is a fun story: Vanessa Trump and Tiffany Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another story that dropped seconds after Tuesday's show. Uh, you know what? Actually, we're going to take a short break, our, our last break of the show. And when we come back, we're going to get into uh, Donald Trump Jr. being the cuckold of all cuckolds. <laughs> right. right. After, what's that? Yeah. Right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! all day Just trying hard to try I feel the sun going down Before I've made it outside It's an elaborate prank Yeah, another track here from uh, The Cooling of the Day New album from Ellis Easley Song called Evening Leaves. Wonderful, wonderful track. Another one that I wish I could play all the way through. EllisEasley.bandcamp.com to pick up the brand new album. Uh, I think it was out uh, just a couple of weeks ago is when it uh, officially dropped here. Okay. So I'm sure you guys saw the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees. Uh, I got into a huge argument yesterday with uh, uh, Carlos Alasraki <laughs> about, of all things, Iron Maiden. It was just, it was crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, oh, it's too bad Iron Maiden didn't get uh, uh, inducted this year. It's not a big deal. I, I love all of the other recording artists who did get inducted this year. And, you know, Maiden will be along maybe next year or the year after that. So it's not that big a deal. But I was like, oh, weird. Uh, Iron Maiden didn't make the cut. And then Carlos is like, well, you know, the original singer on Iron Maiden for the first two albums, that's the only great version of uh, Iron Maiden. And everything else oh, sucks. No. <laughs> So, oh my God, that is such a hipster reaction about such a not hipster band. Well, it's not a, not that big a deal, but it was fun to engage Carlos in that uh, little debate over, you know. I just the, watched very his happy movie. that Tina Turner is in. What's that? What, what movie did you watch? Uh, Witness Infection. What is that? 
Oh, it's that was Carlos's oh, movie that's oh, this, out. Okay, we watched gotcha. it last night. It's it's mm. it's it's ridiculous. I love it. All right, I'm gonna have to check that out. But uh, yeah, so it was me and Hal going. Is Carlos drunk or something? <laughs> <laughs> It was like every debate I had in my junior year of high school. I go to my Instagram. Mm. On my Instagram, I posted a picture of myself in 1988 with the hair and the I saw it. and the big uh, aviator glasses and the uh, Def Leppard concert shirt. Oh my god! It's it's I mean, a debate that that guy. Eight is the worst part, Bob. Yeah. I mean, 88. Why? Hey, I, I graduated have... college in '88. What do you I got know, a problem? But you're here? like six years too late with that haircut in '88. I mean, it's just... oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. You have no idea, then, David. You have no idea the no, the rise of that was the, that was the heart. That was the centerpiece of like hair metal and everything. That was when hair metal was gigantic. Headbangers Ball on MTV. All the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, Def Leppard's Hysteria came out that year. No, it came out in '87. But yeah, you may be thinking of like the early, early days of heavy metal in the United States, like 82, 83. No, your hair is perfect. Yeah. No, you, did it's you just see not, it? It's just not long enough, but it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's still long hair. I, yeah. I, ju- I look like a headbanger from 1988. And uh, headbanger thing lasted all the way into uh, the 90s with the rise of grunge. So fuck you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, by then I had moved away from my hometown, which was full of headbangers driving Camaros and jacked up trucks and throwing beer bottles at me through the dark. Man, that was my um, people. Uh, Those were my people for a while there. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry for my people. Uh, But yeah. By 88, 89, you know, everybody I know was like shaving their heads and bouncing around on speed to house music. Well, yeah, that was kind of my uh, headbanger era. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of argument that I had with Carlos Alasaraki on Twitter yesterday, which really wasn't an argument. I'm being silly. But it was just <laughs> Carlos was very he's taking a very hard line stance against the current singer of Iron Maiden. <laughs> it was just it was so weird. And it was like awesome, isn't he? Like the Bruce, it's Bruce, whatever his name is. It's Bruce like Dickinson a, is great. Yeah, Bruce Dickinson PhD, is a current airline yeah. pilot. Like, yeah, it's like he's got being, a great voice. It's like being against Brian Johnson when he had to take over over for Bon Scott. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that also started, too, in one of the threads under it because right, some right. people started arguing Bon Scott versus Brian Johnson. I was just like, Brian, I'm not, I'm not I, I go got there. to meet Brian Johnson. He's a very nice man, and it's too bad he can't sing anymore because of what happened to his throat. I mean... What happened I, to his throat? What happened to he his can't throat? sing. He's got bad notes. He can't sing anymore. He's not allowed, oh, like man. like some others. Um, but oh, yeah, he's weird. not allowed to sing. Any- I believe Axl Rose was about to take over for him, but I don't know if he's going huh, to do okay. it. Well, hey, guess what? Let's talk about uh, Don Jr. And, and Real quick, Vanessa. I just want to say, though, that like okay. Tina Turner getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is long overdue because I have never seen a more amazing concert in my yeah. entire life. Same here. Private Dancer when I was 16 years old. Somebody on Twitter the other day was like, what's the best rock and roll show you've ever seen? And I'm like, Private Dancer Tour. Tina Turner. Yeah. Alabama Coliseum. Like, it just... Mm-hmm. It was like a palpable, like charisma bomb. Oh yeah, on that stage. yeah, she was great. I saw her in eighty, summer of eighty three on Maui at the Hyatt mm. Regency Hotel. Wow, gorgeous. Um, yeah, it was in, it was like this month in eighty three because I nobody wanted to take me to the prom, so. Um, so my sister Carrie was with us on Maui at the time. So we just went to go see Tina Turner, which I think was better than my prom would have Way been. Way better than the prom. I didn't go to the prom either. Yeah. No, I did. No. I did. Yeah, Blair Norris wouldn't ask me, god damn it. Mm. I, yeah. I, in fact, I went to the prom <laughs> looking like I do in that picture on Instagram. I know you did. Yeah, yes, hair. you did. How adorable you are. Yeah. I, it was, I thought it was cool if you had long hair and wore a tuxedo at the same time. 
because there's like a well, there's yeah. there's like a whole photo shoot of Eddie Van Halen doing that exact thing, playing a piano in a tuxedo with the long hair, and everyone thought that's the coolest fucking thing. So me and all my friends, all of my headbanger friends, uh, were totally into the idea of wearing a tuxedo for the prom. Uh, but anyway, so let's you know what, fuck all of that shit. Let's talk about Don Jr. and how Vanessa Trump, his ex-wife, was fucking around on him with a Secret Service mm-hmm. agent. <laughs> In her brand new book. And by the way, I posted about this and I got all the scolds on Twitter going, Bob, are you sure this is a legitimate story? This looks like fake news. Don't, don't accept the fake news, Bob. I'm like, okay, look, it's Carol Lenning and Phil Rucker from the Washington Post. Yeah. This is not yeah. fake news. Two Pulitzer Prize winners. <laughs> exactly fucking right. Carol Lenning is like the quintessential journalist. I mean, when you see her on uh, Rachel Maddow or one of the other MSNBC shows, she exudes like journalistic integrity, so you just don't question Carol Lenning. I I, I don't know of a single a, a single story. Totally her. Side. What's that? My mom's best friend when I was like ten was a woman named Carol who would go to the beach with us, you know. And my dad was on uh, deployed or whatever. And I mean, she looks exactly like Carol Lenning. And every time That's I amazing. see Carol Lenning, I'm like Carol. And it's like it's her name is Carol. And like I just, she should totally be like floating in the pool in one of those chair things with the pontoons on it. Yeah. You know, I want to be like, let's go to the beach, Carol. But yeah, Kimberly and I imagine like a whole like Washington Post universe and how they all interact. <laughs> where like Carol Lenning serves as Robert Costa's mom, mug. Bugsy's mom, and this is, I don't know why, <laughs> but it's just entertaining to me to, to imagine like Carol Lenning like nursing Robert Costa, like spitting on a napkin and wiping gum <laughs> off his face. Yeah, a fucking Mugsy. Well, in her so book, here's the thing about the Trump girls, yeah, and the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, okay. And for those of you who don't know, the word is that is it Vanessa? Yeah, Vanessa His Trump. Ex-wife? Yeah. Yeah. Vanessa Trump, Don Jr.'s ex-wife, got cozy with and is now currently engaged to her former Secret Service agent. Wow. Is that what I <laughs> yeah. and then Tiffany Trump also yeah. uh-huh. got busy with a Secret Service agent. But I I completely understand this. I am not slut shaming because imagine you're a woman in the Trump family. Oh yeah. And you meet a man who will literally take a bullet for you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as opposed to the cowards who they're married to at the time. Right. right. Like Trump will barely even acknowledge that Tiffany is his, <laughs> let alone jump right. in front of a bullet. I mean, he would grab her and put her in front of the bullet. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a choice between like a square jawed Secret Service agent who's carrying a, a, you know, a pistol and has been trained to uh, take bullets for presidents or like pear shaped Don Jr. with his hobo beard and his guys videos. Which person would you choose? <laughs> Which guy mm-hmm. would you go for? I'm not even gay, and I'd be totally like on top of the Secret Service agent in that <laughs> Soviet choice. You know, honestly, uh, they seem a little tightly wound for me. <laughs> you know, like this Secret Service guys are the kind of guys that get really freaked out when you don't fold the newspaper back exactly like it came. Right. Like, no. no, no, no. <laughs> well, Carol Lenning writes that Secret Service agents reported that Vanessa Trump, the wife of the president's oldest son, Donald Trump Jr., <laughs> Suck it, Junior. Started dating one of the agents who had been assigned to her family. Vanessa Trump filed for an uncontested divorce on in March uh, 2018. Lenning reports that the agent concerned did not face disciplinary action as neither he nor the agency were official guardians of Vanessa Trump at that point. Ooh. Lenning also writes that Tiffany Trump, Donald Trump's daughter and his second wife, Marla Maples, broke up with a boyfriend and began spending an unusual amount of time alone with a Secret Service agent. I don't think uh, Tiffany Trump was married or anything. There's nothing particularly scandalous about that. Secret Service leaders, the book said, uh, became concerned at how close Tiffany appeared to be getting to the tall, dark, and handsome agent. 
I like the description. It's like he I was knew, tall, dark, and handsome. I Why know. was he Lyle Wagner? What I mean, and that's pulled. Oh, that's pulled. I love Lyle Wagner. That's pulled directly. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Lyle, Lyle Wagner could have easily been a Secret Service agent. He would have oh, been like absolutely. the most popular Secret Service agent. He would have been very popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the a tall, dark, and handsome agent. That's pulled directly from Carol Lennig's book. That's right out of the book. That's a quote. That's a quote from one of the sources. Wasn't yeah, it? I remember yeah. seeing that in quotes and being like, "Really, tall, mm-hmm. dark, and handsome Secret Service agent?" And come on, you're Tiffany Trump. Your brothers probably barely even acknowledge you. They just push past you to get to the table faster. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. like they don't even say your name. <laughs> you know, and then you meet this <laughs> tall, handsome Secret Service agent who literally will jump in front of a bullet to save your life. I would probably fall in love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. given that choice, the contrast couldn't be greater. I mean, the fucking first time he says, Junior. yes, ma'am. You know, like, you're just like, <laughs> I feel, is it hot in here? Like, yeah. <laughs> just Don Jr. all coked out with his eyes like little slits, just looking sweaty, like he was just crying or something like that, screaming into a microphone about Biden not letting us have meat. I mean, just my God. The contrast. So, uh, also, before we wrap up here, the NRA story is another one where we have to just <gasps> yes. say, oh, holy fucking You guys Louis. go first, though. Yeah. <laughs> the NRA is judge really stuck at a bankruptcy judge, really stuck it to the NRA, calling fucking Wayne LaPierre and all the rest of these fucking chaos agents on their bullshit, saying, you know what? You're not going to escape Letitia James by filing bankruptcy. We see exactly what you're doing. We see through your scam. You guys blew through all kinds of money to buy personal shit using donor cash. You fucking scam artists. I mean, this is a beautiful, beautiful you know, thing about this. I love that the this. judges really actually said, that's not how bankruptcy works. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, right. And I just, you know, on Rachel, Rachel played the audio from some of the proceedings and she was, I think she was either playing the audio or reading the transcripts, but she had the actual words spoken or the exchange between the judge and Wayne LaPierre and nothing made me happier than standing there and listening to Wayne LaPierre sweating and having to, you know, field questions that are uncomfortable for him because he fucking bilked his stupid NRA memberships. Uh, you know, just uh, buying all kinds of bullshit yachts. And- Dude, okay, this is where I need to put, this is where I'm weighing in. Yeah. $278,000 at Xenia yeah. in Beverly Hills. That is, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like getting a gold-plated minivan. Yeah. I mean, like Xenia, I mean. And, and his excuse. The brands. Yeah, and Wayne LaPierre was like, oh yeah, that's work it's wardrobe. It's my work wardrobe. Work wa- mm-hmm. wardrobe, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay, sure. Right, most people are going to Joseph A. Bank and picking up a, you know, relatively decent tailored suit two for one, right? (laughs) And he's going to, where is it? What's the name of the place? Zena? Zena. Zena. Z-E-G-N-A. Hermenegio Zena is an Italian designer who makes boxy, overpriced, (laughs) like, Paul Manafort wear. Uh Like... I mean, and the fact okay, that he I spent, yeah, <laughs> he spent like all that money on Xenia, like, and it, I mean, a real sharp dressed person would never, I mean, would would get a Calvin Klein suit, a <laughs> Ralph Lauren suit, and maybe one or two Xenia suits because yeah. it's a very specific style, right? right. But like, it just, ugh, uh, of course, he, but I mean, it's just, it's a piker move. I mean, that's <laughs> like. 
Uh, it's just so like it's so like his taste, you yeah. know. Like, of course, he killed an elephant and used its foot for an umbrella stand. Oh, yeah, right. Fuck that like, guy. And uh, yeah, spit. thanks for reminding me about that. That's the story that we read about yeah. Lapierre last week, which is that mm-hmm. awful, awful elephant hunting story. Yeah, these guys deserve. He can't even shoot. They right. de- they deserve so much of this. I am so glad that they're on the hot seat and they're getting fucked over by all this. They're gonna have to give back all this money, and I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to Wayne Lapierre scrounging like calling in all the uh, you know all the favors and like oh i lent you money 12 years ago can you can you pay me back that money now because you know i got this awful judgment (laughs) you like to bone trying to get the money for the abortion yeah yeah i scammed all of my (laughs) all of my nra members so i could buy expensive suits and yachts and vacations uh i need to borrow some money from you can you give me that money (laughs) how about it just like like uh like damone on in fast time another fast times reference Calling all of his buddies to pay for, yeah, like you said, Jody, to pay for an abortion. Right, like Demo. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, so lots more to talk about on the post-mortem show. It's going to be a brief one because it's now, God, I, it's, I have to be sitting and waiting for a vaccine in a half an hour. So I guess. But you're going to that clock. giant store so you, at least you can fit in it. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, me and all the cave trolls will be able to walk right through, uh, fit into the door. Uh, but see, we're going to try to get to a few more things here, like, uh, oh, how Joel Greenberg is a fucking dirtbag. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Don McGahn in the news and the DOJ starting to turn its eye of Sauron over toward Donald Trump. Can't wait for this. Merrick Garland's on a rampage. Plus, uh, oh, this, this little pissant kid who was pretending to be a lawyer, this guy who founded the Students for Trump. Uh-huh. He's oh, yeah. going he's gonna to spend some time in prison. <laughs> Jacob Wall? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wish it was Jacob Wall. Jacob Wall is also going to spend time in prison, but this guy oh, yeah, is... No, he just got hit with massive fines. Oh, yeah. By the way, guys, the CDC has just um, announced new mandates for mask wearing. Yeah. Basically, fully vaccinated people at least two weeks out do not have to wear masks at most indoor and outdoor events uh except for uh going to doctors hospitals long-term care facilities like nursing homes traveling by bus plane train or other modes of public transportation or while in transportation hubs like airports and bus stations and when in prisons jails or homeless shelters so basically if you're fully vaccinated and you're around a you know a couple of households full of fully vaccinated people you you do not have to wear a mask anymore oh great that's good news Wonderful. I'm still wearing it as a fucking grocery. I'm store. still wearing it. I'm still double masking. I mean, I I'm not near anybody when I walk, but I'm still wearing it mainly because I don't want people to think I'm a MAGA. Sounds good. Okay, folks, uh, have a great weekend. <laughs> we'll see you on the after party tomorrow. If not, we'll see you on Tuesday. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>